chapter 8. And we're just going to get in this this morning. How many of you are this morning? I already met somebody earlier and say, good morning. How you doing? And I'll, uh, I'll straighten around here in just a little bit here, huh? Romans chapter 8, I want to just kind of go through a little bit of scripture and kind of lay out some things tonight. But we, um, we're just coming to a new place. We're coming to a new place in Him. And I hope that you're having an encounter with God. We not only want to just encounter Him, we just don't want to encounter Him just on Sundays and Wednesdays. We want you to encounter Him during the week. We want you to encounter Him in every area in your life. Romans chapter 8, everybody there, say, I'm there. Um, those of you that didn't bring your Bibles, just look on with somebody else. And it's, uh, I'm going to read verse 14. He says, For all who were led by the Spirit of God, these are the, what? Sons of God. For you've not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, that we are children of God. You know, when you look at a child of God, you can also put son of God. It's interchangeable. We know that there's different, there are different Greek words for children and sons, that there is a maturity level in which we get there, but you could still put a son. How many of you know that if you have a child um, and that child is three-year-old, dad's, that child's still a, uh, the boy's still a son, right? If he's 17 years old, he's still a son. If he's uh, 44 years old, he's still a son. If he's 67 years old, he's still a son. So we can look at that and say, you know, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God or sons of God. And if sons, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. That's a capital H, him. Meaning who? Who are we talking about there? Jesus Christ. That's right, Jesus. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing, one scripture says, the manifestation of the sons of God. You know, when we look at the scriptures and we look at you know, who said it, to whom was it said, under what circumstances was it said, what did it mean to them then, then we bring it in today, and what's it mean to us now? So we know that Paul was writing to the church in, in Rome, and those were believers. They were believers and followers of the way, which, did you know that Christians weren't really first called Christians, but they were called followers of the way? And you can also look in there and that we are believers of Christ. So sometimes you may have somebody that, that say, are you a believer? I would say most of the time, most other people that believe in other religions or deities or other things or whatever, they aren't going to come up and tell you that I'm a believer. But when you look in the scripture, they'll say, it'll say, I'm a believer. You're a believer. There's a lot of times I don't even introduce myself as a Christian. I don't have to, but I can just say I'm a believer. And they'll, look, they'll go, you're a follower of the way, aren't you? Jesus is the, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it can be a follower of the way. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're a follower of the way, aren't you? 
<laughs> and they're like, whose way? Whose way? You know, Christ's way. You know, we're a follower of, of his way. So you may look at it and see that we are the, the revealing sons, the creation, verse 19. Let's go to verse 19. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing or the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it, which is Jesus, in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from slavery. Now, those of you that, that we're going to talk about the book, um, Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. Here's one. Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And I don't know if we have any more of those out there. But if you, and some of you guys got them, get into this. Get into this because what it's going to do, it's going to put you on the fast track of where we're at and what we're going. Because there may be some terminology we may talk about that might be a little bit different to you. Maybe you haven't heard it as much. Or it may be a, the same thing as kingdom. It may be the, the same thing as something else that you've heard it as something else. This will help you really get an understanding of where we're at. Because we're going to talk a little bit about some things that are actually in this book tonight. If you'll read it, we'll give it to you. And if you've got it, read it, okay? We really want to make sure that, that you get this within your spirit. Because our goal is to experience God. Anybody want to experience God? You want to experience Him in a deeper, more intimate way? And that's really what it's about. It's not about coming in and, and doing certain things or acting a certain way or being a certain way. It is about stripping all that stuff off and like even through worship, we come in and we experience, uh, uh, we enhance our experience with God. I want to be able to enhance my experience with him. It's powerful when we come together. Did you know that? You, it's more powerful than when two or more are gathered in his name than it is when you just by yourself. It can be good by yourself. Still can be good. I can worship the Lord by myself. But I'm telling you, when, 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 when one comes together and another comes together, another comes together, it's kind of like different rivers and streams. And then all of a sudden, they all come together and it creates a big flood. And it, you know what I mean? It can fill the valley. It can remove and displace that orphan spirit, which we're going to look at. And we're going to do some of that tonight. We're going to displace that thing. But what he's saying here is that, look, you, you as in now, in the book of Romans, the Roman church, he says, we're eagerly awaiting for you guys to get mature and become those sons of God. So if we bring it, fast forward it today, couldn't the same thing be held forth today? That God is waiting for us to what? Step into our destiny, step into our plans, step into our purpose and become that which Christ died for. He died for us not only to be set free of sin and deliverance of the, the things that the law has held us back, but for us to be able to walk into sonship. So verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him, Christ, who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom and the glory of the children of God or sons of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers in the pains of childbirth together until now. How many of you know creation was, was, was groaning then? Do you think creation's groaning now? 
Absolutely, there's some things that are going on within creation itself. I know the Bible even talks about that if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. So I want to come in and I want to praise the Lord. Can we just give the Lord a mighty clap or shout or something? Praise you. Thank you, Lord. We, we praise you, Father. We thank you for that. You know, I, I don't want to ever not be caught not praising the Lord, even through the difficult times. How many of you know it's real easy to praise him when things are good, isn't it? Who things are good today. I got a raise, I got a bonus, I got bills paid off, whatever it might be. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But how many of you know when it's difficult and you're going through a difficult time, it's hard sometimes even raise your hands. It's hard to even get your spirit or your heart even up for the things of God. So we want to be able to come in and we want to be able to experience him in a, in a greater depth. So he's waiting for us. Earth. All of creation is waiting for you to come into that place. Because when we come into that place and we understand who we are in Christ, that we're, we're not just a slave, but we are a son of God. And we don't serve just out of because I, I'm a slave and I serve. Go clean the table, go wash the dishes, go vacuum the, you know, the rug, you know, go get the yard done. You know, I do those things out of my love for my father. Minister to other people, pray for other people, be a part of other people's lives. We do those things not because we're a slave that we have to do it. We begin to do those things out of the right heart, the heart that I think God wants us all to have, and that's that heart of a son, to be able to come to a place where we can do those things because, number one, I would love to do that. And that's my DNA from my dad. So you might have somebody tomorrow. You might have somebody tonight. You might get through here tonight and you might go to a restaurant or to get something to eat or go to a neighbor's house or whatever it might be. And you might see where they need prayer. You might see where they need you to manifest yourself as a son of God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. So I want to talk about some things. We're going to talk a little bit about the orphan heart and the sonship heart. We talked about the admonition and, and how that kind of was. But I want to go into the expression of love. Have you, everybody there on the expression of love? <coughs> okay, so orphans on the expression of love say love. How do we express love? How do you see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask for some feedback. Tell me how you see people express love to one another. Anybody? Hug, what else? Kiss, what else? Bring you something to eat. That's good. What else? Spend time. Do the di- Who said do dishes? Oh. <laughs> um, doing the dishes could be an expression of love. If there's some people, we do these five love languages, and if you've got the, the, the love language that, that one of your love languages is, um, is acts of service, then somebody can do the dishes for you or help you do something, and that can be an expression of love. What other ways can we express love? Appreciation. Words. Words of affirmation. How about honor? How about respect? Could those things fit into, you know, an expression of love? Well, let's take a look at orphans. See, or the orphans are guarded and conditional in their expression of love. Now, this is an orphan heart. We're not, I always put this disclaimer in here. When I see some things in me 
that I'm operating within that orphan heart or orphan spirit. Again, what we're after is for you not to continue in that, but to displace that so you can have the heart of a son. So, wow. Do you know the scripture that talks about removing the stony heart and replacing it with a soft or we could say pliable or, you know, a heart of, heart of basically it's a heart of God. It's a heart of, of a son. So we want to remove that. We want to displace that orphan heart and move into, an, into a heart of, of sonship. Expressed love by an orphan is based on others' performance and agreement. Hmm. Because orphans have closed their hearts to love, they neither know how to give unconditional love nor how to receive it. This is all about us coming to a place where we can, number one, receive the love from the Father. And again, some of us may not have had a biological father involved in our lives. Some of us may not have even had, if you're from a a divided family, a stepfather that was involved. Some of you may not have had a, a father in any way, shape, or form that was just an absentee father, may have been in the family, but been absentee. So it's hard for us to be able to understand that if you haven't, if you've been in a place where you haven't had a good, a good role model as a father. And some of us have had good role models as fathers, but we want to be able to have our heavenly father be our role model, not a professional athlete, not a professional singer, not somebody that dances professionally not a professional business person or whatever it might be. Those, are, those can be people that, that you may get encouragement from to be able to mold yourself, but we want to be molded into the image and the likeness of God, and that's the Father. It's our Heavenly Father. So we want to displace that orphan thing that wants to come in and not allow us to express love. Could I come over to my mother-in-law here and, and put, put my hand on her shoulder? And express love that way. An orphan might be, no, don't touch me, don't get around me. I don't want to open myself up to that. So let's take a look at sons. Sons, son, love is open. It's transparent. Love is affectionate. Some of you have been probably told you're a man, don't ever cry, you're not, you know, you shouldn't cry. And sometimes I weep. And sometimes I do it in front of you guys. I don't want you to see me weep at times. It's not about that. But then I want to come to a place where I'm transparent. And as God is doing some things in us, as God is shifting us, as God is bringing us into a different place and understanding who he is, I need to be able to, to be transparent. I need to be able to be affectionate. I believe Jesus was transparent. I believe he was affectionate. It says they lay down their own agendas in order to meet the needs of others. Love for an orphan is built on the question, what can you do for me? While the love for a son is built around the question, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What can I do for you? It's built around the question, what can I do for you? What can I do for you, Dad, tonight? What can I do for you, Dad, tomorrow? Dad, what is it that you would like me to do for you tomorrow? How can I help out? 
another, another one is basically the, the orphan is a self-love. It's all about me, 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 my, my, my. I need this, I need that, I need this, I got to have this. And if I don't have this and I need that, then I got to have this. And, and if that's not good enough, I got to have this. And if that's not good enough, I'm going to get this. And it's all about self-love. But the love for a son is selfless love. It's about others. It's about being able to, to put some other people first. It means showing affection or affirmation even when he doesn't feel like showing it because he knows that the other person is in need of it. Anybody ever been inconvenienced? <laughs> Just me? Got a couple. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, okay, this isn't really how I wanted it to go, but what's going on? You know what I mean? And then you end up ministering to the person. And then you end up praying for that person. And then you end up, things begin to shift. Or, you know, you got things set out and things begin to shift. And then you walk away and you think, man, that was cool. Why didn't I feel better about that even to start with? And you walk away and you're like, yeah, it's good, it's good. And sometimes in the middle of our inconvenience, how many of you know that God can show up and wants to use you because you're his son? So he wants to be able to express love in that manner. Say express love. So are you a son? What can you do? What can I do? And I'm going to challenge you tonight. Tomorrow. What will you do for somebody? What can you do for somebody? Well, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Doing the dishes or helping around the house or, you know, doing something. But, but do something and don't say, well, I'm going to do it to me for me. I'm going to give you an experiment. Just don't do it for yourself, but do it for somebody else. You remember even a, I remember a few years ago where we challenged everybody to go out and do something else. And I remember Terry Creason and I got together and, you know, mowed and cleaned up this lady's lawn and everything. And it wasn't about, didn't even see the person that lived there. Didn't see them. We did it and it was done. And I guess they came home and didn't even know who did it. Isn't that cool? What, what can you do for somebody else? So I'm just going to challenge you with that. The next thing we want a sense of God's presence. The next thing I want to talk a little about is, is that orphan heart versus a sonship heart is the sense of God's presence. And we talked just a little bit about it last week. We talked about, you know, how, how do you sense the presence of God? And some of us can come in. presence of God. Just close your eyes a moment. And sometimes you can settle yourself. And it's not the hurricane. It's not the lightning. It's not the thunder. But all of a sudden we can sense the presence of God. We can sense that presence of God. Maybe you can come to a place where you just begin to sense it tonight. God's doing something. That Father wants to do something tonight. And you sense His presence is in this place. You sense His presence is wanting to heal. You sense His presence is wanting to deliver. Set free. You sense His presence. You sense the presence of God. Anybody sense the presence of God? I'm telling you. There are times where it's just like all of a sudden. And, and it can be it can be at a ball game. I've been at a ball game. And all of a sudden, it's not just the Holy Ghost goosebumps, but I get them. But all of a sudden, it's like I can sense the presence of God. 
can sense it. And there's 15, 18,000 people hollering and screaming, and you can begin to sense the presence of God. I believe that's where we want to get to. That's where we're, that's where we're going to get to. So as we, as we sense the presence for orphans, when you want to get in the presence of God, they, baby, they, they, they basically don't even sense it at all. And they don't, because it's conditional and it's distant, okay? So they don't even sense the presence of God. It's conditional, it's distance. And every, if everything goes right, I can't get into God's presence because I messed up earlier today. If we can understand as we, rent, as we repent and we confess and we come to the things and we come to the place where we understand who we are, it's not about what I did or didn't do. It's about what Jesus Christ has done for me to get me into the presence of God. Remember, we talked about the veil in the Holy of Holies and it was ripped, it was rendered, you know, it was, it was split from the bottom to the top and now all of a sudden we can enter into that presence and we don't have to worry about uh, a priest. You, you coming to me, to me get you there. You can get there on your own. But an orphan says, no, if everything's gone right, if I did enough today, if I passed out enough tracts, if I, you know, prayed for enough people today, if I read my Bible like I was supposed to read it, if I sang my songs like I was supposed to sing it and all those things, there are times where the presence of God comes on me and I haven't read a scripture at all that day. So the orphan basically makes sure they have to have a good day. If they feel they've been appeased, the master, if they think that they have dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's, then they may sense God's presence. But even then, he often seems far away because their hearts are closed to intimacy. I want our hearts to be open for intimacy. Here's the thing about intimacy. We're afraid to get hurt. We're afraid to open our heart. Pastor, I don't want to open my heart to you or anybody else because I did that once or twice or three times or four or five times. And every time I did it, I got hurt. Don't you know that God is a healer? Our fathers, will we open our hearts to him? Because I believe as we reflect on our own lives and we begin to open our hearts to the father, we'll be able to open our hearts to others. As we experience that love, will give that love away. So let's take a look at, at sons. Because sons enjoy the close and intimate presence of God because they know that his presence and nearness does not depend on your behavior. You ever had a child that you that has done something maybe displeasing to you and you had to correct them or whatever? And man, next thing you know, they're coming up asking for a cookie. They can come to the Father. We can come to the Father because it's not about our behavior. It's about who we are in Him. Is this making any sense? But a lot of times, orphans will say, no, I'm not good enough. I can't come to Dad. I didn't do all the right things, so I can't come to Dad today. So I get farther and I get farther and I get farther and I get farther away because, you know, yesterday I did that and then the day before I, I did this and, I, and all of a sudden I get farther and farther and farther and farther and farther away where we're able to come no matter what. I'm going to tell you what, your children, no matter what they've done, they'll be able to knock on your door and come. And that's the way we are with, with our Father. Our Father, as we move into the presence of God, it's not about what I did or didn't do today. Because number one, He doesn't see those. 
He doesn't see that. He doesn't see where I've missed the mark. He doesn't see where I've messed up. He doesn't see where I've tripped. He just knows here's, oh, here's my boy. Here's my boy. Here's my girl. Come on in. And we can get in the presence of God. So sons, they, they look for that. They know that it's not about what I did or didn't do, that I can get into the presence of God. How many of you know you can get into the presence of God at any time? Any time. The second thing is that they've discovered that he is with them all the time. No matter, no matter how much they get off center of his love. All they have to do is stop, return to the center of their heart where God's love dwells, and he is always right there. Where is the spirit of the living God? If you're a believer and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's not just in California in room 1722. He moves on the inside of you. In Peter, it says that we are living stones. We're living stones being built up. So sons know that from personal experience, the truth of a scripture that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. Sons also know that the question is, is that God is crazy about them. Where orphans, they even question whether God loves them. I question that. I have questioned that throughout my time that I've given my life to Christ. I've questioned, does he really love me? And if he loves me, then why don't these things happen? (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if he loves me, then these things should happen. So we've got to come to the place where the sons say, you know what, God? My dad's crazy about me. Say that. My dad's crazy about me. Come on, say that again. My dad's crazy about me. He's crazy about me. He's crazy about me. He loves me. He loves me. My God, my daddy loves me. He loves me. And it's not about what I've been doing today, hello? But it's who I am in him, and I'm his son, and I can come to him. So that's, uh, that's really the sense of God's presence that we can move in. The last thing that I want to get to tonight is, is the condition. We talked about expression of God's love, the sense of God's presence. But let's talk about conditions because orphans, they're kind of like in bondage. They're slaves to fear. Their mistrust, their independence, their self-reliance, their sense of self-righteousness and self-justification, and most of all, their loneliness. They're in bondage. Say bondage. And there's different areas in my life. I'm still in bondage. I'm still in bondage in some areas. And I want to be able to displace that orphan heart or orphan spirit. And sometimes I can be good today. As in feeling like a son, operating as a son, not having some of those thoughts and those things that go on. And then tomorrow, I can feel that orphan spirit or that orphan heart trying to come in and trying to rule me. And I think, no, no, no. I'm not going to go there. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am royalty. How many of you know we're having a royal wedding Friday? How many of you know we've already had a royal wedding with Jesus? Come on, somebody. We've already, we've, we've already, I'm, right now I'm married to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. So I'm, I'm operating in royalty. I'm walking in royalty. And the orphan heart will come in and try to displace that stuff and, ha- and, 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 put, and hold you in bondage. But how many of you know we're not going to operate to that orphan heart? Can I get an amen? 
Now, sons, sons on the other hand, they live in a condition of freedom. Say freedom. I can live and operate in freedom. I can walk in freedom today. Who the son sets free is free indeed. And as sons, we can walk as free people. Rocking in the free world. Living in the free things. I mean, and it really is. Paul says that I have the freedom to really do what I want to do. He said, but some things I do may not benefit me, may not be good for me. I have that, I have that freedom, and that's sons live in that freedom or that liberty. Love has set them free from fear. Listen, shame, humiliation, guilt, and the constant need to prove themselves. I'm a son. I don't have to prove myself to you. Sometimes I want to. Sometimes I want to prove myself to you. But I don't have to because I'm loved by him. I'm approved by him, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator that created you in his image and in his likeness. I am approved by him. I got the good housekeeping seal. Actually, that is. That's that's where I'm going now. Because really and truly, when you come to Christ, you are sealed by the spirit of the living God. Hello? Until the day of redemption. I go to be with the Lord, I'm redeemed, baby. Come on. But I'm sealed by the Spirit of the living God. So we're free to receive love, but also to give it way in abundance. There we go. Without running out. We can get love and give love. Get love and give love. I'm going to have the worship team. Can the worship team come on up? We can get love and give love. Get love and give love. Get love and give love. See, one of the things that you'll find out when many of you know, if you have multiple children, what you have to do is reassure the other child. The first child gets all the love, they think. And then the second child comes along and they think, well, well, now they're giving all the love to that child. But here's what I want you to know. We know that you've gotten more love to give to all of them, right? There is not, and and we've got to get out of that orphan thinking to where there is enough love from God our Father that he can love me and he can love Bernita and he can love, you know, Glenda and he can love Miss Lucille and he can love Dwayne. He can love, he can love, he can love, he can love millions and billions of people. Hello? The same, and we can receive that love. Now, what we need to do as sons is not only receive that love, but then to give that love. Receive that love and to... Give that love. So it says that we're free not only to receive love, but also to give it away in abundance without running out. Sons are free to become everything that daddy created them to be. Everything that daddy created them to be. God did not create all of us to be the president of the United States. But you're free to become who dad wants you to become. You're free to be able to walk in that. You're free to be able to operate in that. You're free to be able to be that tonight. What I I want to do is I want to displace the orphan spirit for a few moments. You want to do that? Let's move that thing out. Let's begin to move that thing out. As they begin to worship and they begin to play, I'm just going to ask you just to 
to know that that we want to move this thing away from us or out of us. We can express love. How about, have you allowed the orphan spirit to come in and not allow you to express love? Maybe there's somebody that you're holding back on that expression of love that you want to go up and you want to reconcile some things that may have been years past. Maybe you just want to go up and say, look, I'm sorry. Or maybe there's somebody that you can extend a hand to or or put your arm around them or tell them that you care for them. Maybe there's some of us here that are having difficulty sensing God's presence. Or at times, it's like, God, you don't know, you don't know what I did last week, last month, last decade. And you're allowing that to hold you back from moving into the presence of the Lord. Let's get into the presence of God. Let's get into the presence of Dad. I call it crawl up on his lap. Let him just pull you close. Let him love on you. And Maybe you felt like you're in bondage. Maybe the condition of your heart is in bondage. We want to break that bondage off tonight. Break that bondage off tonight. We want you to live in freedom. We want you to live in the freedom. Free from fear. Free from shame. Free from humiliation. Free from guilt. We want you to live free from those things constantly having to improve yourself to prove yourself to us or others you're already approved by God you're already approved by him father loves us right now so I'm just going to ask you just a few moments here we're going to take a few moments but we're going to do some damage to that orphan heart tonight we talked about those things tonight now let's move those things out let's There's some things there that just don't belong. Maybe we've operated that way. We want to begin to move those things out. Move those things out. Move those things out.